Welcome to the NEPA Project, a monthly podcast discussing NEPA and other environmental topics. In this episode, we will discuss President Trump's executive order for infrastructure projects and what it means for agencies. This episode is brought to you by the Shipley Group's new training, Tools for Efficient NEPA. If you are struggling with the administration's new focus on NEPA streamlining, whether it be shortened time limits for document completion or maximum page limits in EAs and EISs, this workshop can help. Tools for Efficient NEPA will help you learn techniques to add efficiency in implementing the NEPA process while still remaining compliant with the key procedural requirements of the NEPA statute and implementing regulations. This training will be available both as a live virtual classroom and as agency-specific tailored training. For more information, go to shipleygroup.com. The guests in this episode will be Joe Carboni and Ray Solomon. Joe Carboni retired after 37 years of federal service with the U.S. Forest Service, where he oversaw the agency's NEPA policy in Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. Joe also served as the Deputy Associate Director for NEPA at the Council on Environmental Quality in 2016, where he worked on NEPA guidance and procedures. Ray Solomon retired from the Forest Service in 2003 after 32 years of government service and is now an independent environmental consultant. Ray served as the Deputy Director of Ecosystem Management in the Washington office before retirement. Let's start out with just talking about the executive order. So this is uh, 13807 that came out on August 15th of last year. So we're coming up on almost a year now this executive order has been out. And so some of the things that just struck me as being things noteworthy to mention at this point, one of them really was the purpose. And I think just keeping in mind that the whole purpose of this is that there's a frustration out there about inefficiencies, and in particular for infrastructure projects. And that's the inefficiencies in getting to a decision, including, as the executive order says, management of environmental reviews, which brings us to this topic for NEPA. And I, what also struck me was how the executive order laid out the policy. And it shadows uh, Section 101 of National Environmental Policy Act, uh, NEPA, in that it lays out its first part of the policy says that these are about decisions concerning environmental impacts. It recognizes that agencies need to develop infrastructure in a, quote, environmentally sensitive manner and provide transparency and accountability. And so I think all that transparency, the attention to the environment kind of comes through from Section 101 of NEPA. And then it goes, the policy for this executive order goes into talking about agencies being good stewards of public funds and coordinating and making predictable and timely decisions. So it starts getting, it, it actually gets into being uh, this balance of not just the environment, but also about being efficient. So it's being environmentally responsible while being efficient in getting decisions made. So I think, you know, that struck me as a, as a nice balance, just like Section 101 of NEPA does. Uh, it recognizes both the environment and all the benefits that Americans enjoy, including social and economic benefits. And it, you know, so I thought the executive order strikes a good tone on that. And then this particular executive order is not about all NEPA projects. 
the things that it involves are major infrastructure projects, which the executive order defines as those projects with multiple federal agency authorizations. It has to be an environmental impact statement, and that the project sponsor has uh, reasonable available funds, reasonably available funds for the project. And so this is not about the entire NEPA process. It's this pretty narrow window that at least the executive order addresses. And then it lays out agency performance accountability, and it strives for a two-year average time process for environmental reviews for these uh, infrastructure projects, sets up a tracking and scoring uh, system for major infrastructure projects, and calls for this one federal decision where there'll be a lead federal agency responsible for navigating the project through. Uh, and then it also requires um, the use of the dashboard that agencies have been using under other legislation. So, Ray, have you got any, uh, what's your insight on just the executive well, I, order? I, I, not that I want to be a contrarian on this stuff, but 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 I view the executive order uh, kind of like as you suggested with Section 101 and 102 of NEPA in that 101 is a general policy and it's got very laudable things, which is fine for the first section on the policy that that the president has laid out here, which that's fine. The problem I have with it is unlike NEPA, where in Section 102.2c, it goes into very specific requirements of, of, you will, content of what needs to be considered in order to get to this policy. In, in this particular executive order, it's all about getting it done faster. Uh, I mean, it really is about efficiency, which I don't object to that. I think efficiency is something that the federal government needs to work on. But it is clear to me from the executive order that it, it is causing agencies to look at the way in which they go about doing their NEPA analyses. It actually expands it to, uh, to energy corridors, which in my mind now takes it beyond what you consider highway infrastructure. But it just strikes me as, as clearly aimed at bringing timing efficiencies and uh, length of documents to uh, something that the administration would consider as being more reasonable. So it does put a little different spin than just about protecting the environment. Well, another thing that I, you know, it calls for is that CEQ's responsibilities to develop some initial uh, initial set of actions, and uh, it recognizes CEQ's authority to both interpret. NEPA and to simplify and accelerate the review process. So I think you know it remains to be seen how CEQ will play this out, especially given you know they're they've typically low on staff, and we'll see how all that works out. But I think that this lays out a, a big big role for them in moving forward. And then there's also the memorandum of understanding that was just signed last month in April. And that MOU is for all the agencies to develop agency plans to implement the executive order, and they have 90 days to implement it. So from April 
to July, they'll be putting these things together. And sometime in July, we should expect to start seeing these agency plans roll out. And I think it would be an interesting conversation, Ray, to talk, you know, about those plans because, you know, it would teaching for Shipley, we teach with a lot of eight different agencies, and uh, I'm really interested to see what their plans are. Yeah, I, I think the public would be interested in that as well, I and, and it's something I would hope that we could have future podcasts to actually visit with the agencies on their plans when they get them more fully developed. My, my concern, and, and of course, as you know, I'm one that always raises concerns, unfortunately, is as these agencies are rolling these plans out, which they've only got 90 days, according to the memorandum of agreement, I don't know how well those are going to be coordinated. And as you indicated, Joe, CEQs under the executive order is also also supposed to be moving forward with perhaps changes to the regulations. And so I think there's a lot of things swirling right now that the more information that gets exchanged and shared among the agencies is actually helpful for the process. Because as you know, most agencies tend to kind of work in a vacuum on their own, looking at their own missions, their own laws, their own regulations, and tailoring whatever they're going to do in that context. But the executive order clearly is indicating that this has got to be done in a more collaborative way. And so I, I'm not sure that the memorandum of understanding, uh, although it's written, I, I'm just not convinced that agencies are necessarily going to be able to do all that within a 90-day window. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with you because it's this coordination that if, if they are going to coordinate across agencies, and you and I both know with our experience that this just this is a this takes a lot of time, especially when people are running in many directions already. And so trying to do that, and, and again, this goes back to the, the one agency decision. So their plans across agencies, especially those agencies that are going to be working with each other on a particular infrastructure project, they're going to want alignment in how they're proceeding. This is already difficult for agencies that have different missions, uh, different requirements beyond NEPA, just different uh, administrative kinds of requirements, even decision levels that differ. Some are out of Washington and some are more local decision makers. That takes a lot of coordination. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the agency plans do that coordination up front. Especially given, as you know, that the Forest Service has an objection process, FERC has another objection process, and and with FERC, it depends on on where you enter into that that working relationship with them. And then you've got BLM with their objection process and, and how that is going to fit within this one decision process. In the memorandum of agreement, there is some indication they have sensitivity to FERC. But there was no recognition of that sensitivity to BLM or Forest Service. So I'm not sure that, that this is going to move in, in an efficient way as they might have wanted it to. Right. And so, you know, these all of these objections, these objection processes come from other statutes, at least the, I know the Forest Service does. And these are not necessarily controlled by 
the NEPA regulations or agency NEPA procedures. So there, there are things that have always needed to be coordinated. And in some cases where I know where the Forest Service and Department of Interior have had, you know, Bureau of Land Management have had joint decisions or, or they've had both had decisions to make. They have have mechanisms to uh, allow for, say, one objection process. But that all takes coordination, and I don't, I don't see this as being anything new. It's just reality. And, you know, if anything, maybe the MOU and the executive order puts it back on the front burner that, hey, there's an expectation here. You're going to coordinate and, you know, get this process aligned even recognizing that there are differences across agencies. So the, the, other, the other thing, Joe, I think that this effort does, uh, which is a real positive, is depending on what they find as the agencies start rolling this out and really if they do it more collaborative, uh, I, I think there's an opportunity to identify for Congress uh, the various components of the laws that are controlling some of these analyses that do make things much more difficult. And so perhaps out of this could be some additional thoughts from the administration for uh, legislative changes. I mean, they've already sent up to the Hill their legislative agenda for environmental analysis and infrastructure. So this could be a very positive aspect uh, of yet clarifying more clearly some of those very specific things that Congress could do to make this much more efficient. Right. I was just thinking about that same thing, and I was wondering if you had any comments on the the alignment of the legislative agenda that's co- that's gone out uh, with this executive order, and see you know some overlap in those things. Yeah, I mean, there there clearly is an overlap with the executive order. I think the uh, legislative initiative or, or the the uh, infrastructure legislative outline that was put out by the administration uh, goes into, I, I think, more clearly defined rationale and thinking on what exactly they would want done. But it, it does go well beyond just... Uh, our NEPA interests. I mean, it, it clearly gets into the Endangered Species Act, National Historic Preservation Act, Clean Water Act, 404 permitting, ESA authorities, uh, even even to the point where they're talking about uh, judicial realignment. So it, it's a very broad agenda. And I think this initiative on the part of the agencies could help to really focus that, to really, to really deal with the Congress in a way that, look, don't don't go throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Let's, let's be more strategic and more surgical about what we're going to change and why we're going to change it. Yeah, I agree with that. Surgical changes, is, um, in, in my experience anyway, that's been the, the best way to move uh, pieces forward in a productive way without throwing the baby out with the bathwater and and also to just bring alignment with coalitions that agree on incremental changes uh, without causing more uh, strife across the party lines and, and so forth. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. And I, you know, I don't think we want to get into many specifics uh, for uh, this podcast. So I, I would suggest maybe we just leave it at that. Uh, we would like to follow this up with specific podcasts with individual agencies to talk about how they envision the implementation of the executive order as well as a memorandum of, of understanding. Exactly. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in talking with agencies about uh, putting out their notices of intent for environmental impact statements, that there's actually been a review out of Washington of those notices of intent. And so I hear from some agencies as I'm doing instruction, like, well, we used to be able to put these out, but now they have to go up for review. And so they see that that is something that's actually slowing things down. But I look at the the memorandum of understanding, and there is some discussion in there, which might bring some relief to agencies about it, that the MOU is looking at not unreasonably uh, delaying these NOIs. But that being said, there seems to be more emphasis on getting alignment within an agency about a major uh, infrastructure project that all right, here's the cooperating agencies, here's where the funding, there is funding that's available, and before launching into the NEPA process to figure out, is this something that the agency can do? Is it something that is wanted? Is there a need for it before the launch? So it'd be interesting to me uh, in future podcasts to actually talk with the agencies about, you know, how are their plans for, you know, this front-end loading going to work out, and then actually get into talking with some agencies about specific projects that they've already launched. I think it'd be really interesting and, and informative for all of us moving forward. Yeah, I, you remind me of, a, of a, when I was doing work with uh, Ray Clark down at uh, Duke University. I remember Ray used to talk about his uh, pithy statements, and one that has always struck me as really on the mark over the years was Ray used to say, to kill a dumb project is a public service. And, and I think I, I think this more upfront coordination before you launch the notice of intent uh, does exactly what Ray was suggesting. And that is, think your way through what you really want to propose. Make sure this is something that the federal government wants to spend money on before you just launch off of the notice of intent and start spending federal resources on something that gets killed in the end. Yep, exactly. And, you know, Ray, yours and my, you and I worked years ago now on this whole concept of decision-making and using the decision science to get a more contemporary view of how decisions are made and how agencies make decisions. And, you know, the literature points time and time again to that important first step in figuring out, is there a need? Is there a need for a project? And is there even a decision that needs to be made? Uh, and that itself takes a lot of work and a lot of time, and it should take a lot of time. And then as you get several agencies that are involved with that, each having decisions to make, it becomes more complex. And and also more important to, uh, you know, to engage early. 
Yeah, well, and as you and I both know, that's the one thing that uh, that you and I have always emphasized in our Shipley training is the the uh, importance of the purpose and need and how it's written and how it's structured and and all of that leads to the whole idea that if the purpose and need isn't well structured, then the rest of your project is likely to get tied up in all kinds of knots. And I guess that's in part some of my concerns with with this executive order and memorandum of understanding is I hope that people really think about what's the nature of the problem we're trying to solve here before you just launch off with all kinds of solutions. And unfortunately, I see a lot of perceived solutions in the memorandum of understanding and the executive order that I'm not so sure they've clearly thought through where the real hang-ups in the process are. Yeah, that's a good observation, Ray, putting into practice the whole concept of you know, approaching good decision-making, understanding the problem before launching. And uh, I know working with teams in the past, uh, interdisciplinary teams, and you get into the alternatives phase, uh, you're looking at, well, what are some alternatives? And the team is having a hard time, and so they put back on the table. I said, well, what is the purpose and need of this project? And they start telling you, and you find out that uh, there's not total agreement on that. In fact, they're all trying to solve different problems. And I think that frustration comes through time and time again. It's not a NEPA thing. It's about decision-making. And I hope the agencies are allowed to or or, or think through in their uh, in their plans to move forward, that they're actually identifying real problems to solve. Um, yeah, which which I think I think they I think the executive order and the MOU uh, are focusing on the one decision document. I, I'm not sure though by having a decision document that necessarily really deals with the problem. I think the problem is much more uh, deeply founded in uh, missions and funding of agencies than it is and setting the agencies down and agreeing on some uh, problem that they can all agree on, given the diverse mission of agencies, I'm not so sure that that's uh, something that's going to be easily agreed to. Yep. I totally agree with you on that. The uh, This one federal decision, it's one thing to put it in a, a single record of decision and coordinate all of that. The other is, as you say, the the bigger lift is trying to actually get on the same page for the same decision. And some agencies are not decision makers, but they have a responsibility, regulatory responsibility to review and to make recommendations uh, or to impose certain uh, mitigations, if you will, for projects that are under their authority. And it's not a decision. It doesn't have to be in alignment with the decision. So it's going to be interesting because they all have different missions and responsibilities. And I hope we can follow us up with other podcasts with these agencies and, and direct some questions specifically at how, how are they proposing as part of their plan to resolve some of these uh, differences in missions and regulatory authorities. Thank you for listening to this episode of the NEPA Project. To view the transcript of this discussion, please go to shipleyroup.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions or comments in regards to this episode, or you have any topics or ideas for future episodes, please reach out to Shipley at ShipleyGroup.com. We would love to hear from you. 
If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts and share this podcast with your colleagues. This episode was brought to you by the Shipley Group's new training, Tools for Efficient NEPA. If you are struggling with the administration's new focus on NEPA streamlining, whether it be shortened time limits for document completion or maximum page limits in EAs and EISs, this workshop can help. Tools for Efficient NEPA will help you learn techniques to add efficiency in implementing the NEPA process while still remaining compliant with the key procedural requirements of the NEPA statute and implementing regulations. This training will be available both as a live virtual classroom and as agency-specific tailored training. For more information, go to shipleygroup.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, NEPA is just good planning and decision-making.